Welcome to the Daily Grind Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Colin Morgan. Listen, are you tired of not living a fulfilling life? Do you believe you deserve more? Do you want more? Is it finally your time? If yes, then stick around. I welcome you to the Daily Grind. Today's episode is brought to you by Wix. Now, there's a lot of products and services that I bring you on the here on the Daily Grind to hopefully help you live a better life. But for me, Wix is something that I have actually used. If you go to dailygrindpodcast.com right now, you can check out the newly designed website that I built from scratch using Wix. This was the first site I ever created by myself because in the past, I've had to pay someone else to build it for me. I've had to go through that back and forth of asking for something different just to end up at the end really unsatisfied and having to put up with what I had. Using Wix allowed me to design and customize the site exactly how I wanted it. And if you're super creative, you can design it from scratch. Or if you're like me, you can start with one of the amazing templates, which gives you a really solid base to build off of. And then from there, everything is automatically optimized, whether it's desktop or mobile. Honestly, it's just super simple to use, easy, and anything you don't know, there's support and videos there to help you. To make this even better, they have built-in SEO, so you don't need to be an SEO expert or you don't have to hire someone and pay someone either in order for your business to get recognized online. Now, of course, I'm not just going to rave about this amazing product and not share it with you. So if you or someone you know wants to create an amazing website, all you have to do is go to wix.com forward slash podcast to get started today for 10% off. Again, that is wix.com forward slash podcast. Hey everybody, what's happening? Happy Wednesday and welcome back to episode 437 here on The Daily Grind. Today on the podcast, we are sitting down with underdog empowerment's Zachary Babcock. From over five years in prison to now rubbing elbows with multi-millionaires every single day, Zachary helps entrepreneurs launch, grow, and monetize top-shelf passive income businesses, and personal brands. He interviews celebrities, industry leaders, 
on his top-rated Apple podcast, Underdog Empowerment, and has a broad perspective from both extremes of life. And that's why I love Zachary here. That's why you're going to take a lot from this episode, everyone. Be sure, as always, you have a pen, you have a piece of paper. Take notes from today's episode. Take one thing that Zachary teaches you and implement it in your daily life, and I promise you you'll start seeing results. But without further ado, everyone, I want you to please meet Mr. Zachary Babcock. Well, Zachary Babcock, welcome to the Daily Grind, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, man, Colin, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. Of course. And uh, Zach, if you wouldn't mind, for some listeners, people being first introduced to you today, just kind of speaking a little bit more about who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, real quick, short <laughs> version of it. Uh, yeah. I did over five. Yeah, because, you know, some people just talk your ear off. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did over uh, five years of my life in prison from being a knucklehead, uh, decided to turn my life around when I missed the birth of my twin boys, um, and then I became an entrepreneur because it was literally like my only uh, option of a life that I felt was could meet my standards, and then after years of struggle, I finally broke through and built a six-figure-plus business, and uh, now I help other underdog entrepreneurs build passive income businesses. I love it, man. Well, first of all, I love speaking to other podcasters. You know, like even the intro, that's great. Most people will go on for like 10 minutes. I'm sure you find that too. Yeah, <laughs> they don't know any better. No, it's all right, man. But uh, so five years in prison, what, what age were you when you first went to prison? I was, I caught my cases when I was 17. Well, I mean, I've been getting, tr- yeah, I've been getting in trouble when I was, since I was a juvenile, just because I was a knucklehead, but I uh, caught my first adult cases at 17 and went away at 19. Wow. So what do you attribute, like, obviously, you said you kind of got into some trouble at early age. What do you attribute that to? Like, looking back, is there something that you can sort of pinpoint? Or were you just an angry kid? Like, what do you attribute that to? So I was never the angry kid, believe it or not. Um, really? I'm by actually, yeah. <laughs> and like my appearance, because, you know, I like got the tattoos and the crazy beard and all that. Everybody, <laughs> you know, snap judgment, like this guy's an asshole or whatever. But no, <laughs> I'm uh, actually always been really uh, kind. I was raised by my mom. But to, what what would I attribute to? Uh, to be honest, bro, uh, I take full responsibility and complete ownership of everything that I did. I mm-hmm. put myself there. Um, but I guess I guess I was trying to too hard to fit in with the wrong crowd. Gotcha. And that's what that's what led a lot to it, and also not having any chief aim in life. Got you. So it was more of like peer pressure. Like you wanted to be a part of this friend group, and you kind of felt like you had to do certain things in order to gain their acceptance. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Like exactly. Interesting. So, I mean, you go to prison for, was it like a one year thing? Like you, or sorry, not a one year thing, but like one case and you spent five years or was there multiple instances there? All right. So the first, I caught four cases on one arrest when we were 17, we were being knuckleheads. We, yeah. you know, we, were, we were teenage kids, bro. And, um, and we were out stealing from, uh, cars and uh, we'd we'd open up the garage door openers and drive off and go hit other places and we'd come back and if it was open, boom, we would hit up the garage for power tools, whatever. Gotcha. So um, yeah, and we got hit with uh, four felonies for stealing a motor vehicle, stealing over five hundred, and burglary first, just being idiots. And that, um, I I felt like my life was over at that point. I didn't know any better. I didn't know I was gonna just get probation. I was like, oh man, I'm doomed for the rest of my life. Yeah. And uh, and I became a drug addict, hardcore, just went off the deep end. And ended up catching two more cases when I uh, got locked up because I knew I was going to go to prison. I was sitting in jail, and uh, county came and got me. 
and I ended up escaping from custody and assaulting a law enforcement officer. I escaped for a grand total of maybe five minutes or so. Okay. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was just being an idiot and was yeah. desperate. And then, yeah, and then I went away for uh, four years flat on that seven-year sentence. Wow. And you mentioned you missed the birth of your, your twins during that sentence, right? N- that, yes, but not that time. So, okay. So I went away, and that was when I was 19, and I went away for four years flat, over four years, and then I came home, and I was 23. I stayed out for about two years, and then I went back for a DWI uh, parole violation, and that was just 20 days before the twin sons were born. What changed for you during that year? Because obviously, I mean, you haven't been back. Now you've created this amazing podcast and business. Like Something had to change for you. What, what was that? Yeah, man. Um, I'll tell you exactly what it was. It was the pain of missing out on my twin sons. I grew up, you know, without a father. And one of the main things that I wanted growing up was to be the father that I didn't have. And um, missing out on their birth for being an idiot um, was really painful. It was really hard to deal with. And it was like, I can't explain in words how painful it really was. But that pain was was like it was the event the the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back so to speak and uh it was enough to to snap me uh snap my focus completely changed my paradigm in life after that and i made that decision right in that jail cell i didn't know i knew i was heading back to prison didn't know when i was coming home didn't know how i was going to be happy and successful but i made that decision right there that i was going to turn my life around and ever since then been moving in a in a different direction how did your mentality change? Like what, what physiologically like changed in you? Cause obviously you're like, I don't want to do this again. Like I want to be a good father. I can't let this happen. You knew you wanted to make those changes, but what were those changes you started to make? Yeah. So the immediate thought after that pain was, it wasn't like I, I want to be a, a good father. It was like, no, I don't care. I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. It was a complete commitment. I was like, I'm done. Like either yeah. I know if I, if I can, if I continue doing what I was doing, I'm, I'm either going to end up dead or in prison for the rest of my life, or I completely change. And I, and I said, I'm, I don't care what it takes. I'm, I'm doing this. And so that was the commitment. The decision was the first thing. And then immediately after that, I knew that I had to change people, places, and things. So was Got it. You. I just knew that that was my only game plan. I didn't, I didn't really know much else. I didn't, even, I didn't even know what self help or personal development books were at the time yeah that was gonna be my next question like when you got out obviously like not obviously but like did you you moved i'm assuming no so um i i ended up doing they gave me it's called an eight month setback where you know they set me back for eight months on my parole and uh and then i ended up getting out gave me a parole date and when i came home bro um I couldn't find a job anywhere. Like by, I sh- for almost two months, I was searching high and low, and uh, so then I got into network marketing. And funny story, I didn't even know what the hell network marketing was. So you <laughs> couldn't scare me off with the word pyramid scheme at the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I did that for uh, for about two years. Um, no long. I haven't been. I haven't done network marketing since since the beginning of 2017. Um, not knocking the industry, but it wasn't for me. Uh, there's good and bad in every industry. I was just so happened to be in a company where they taught you to burn relationships and only try to make a sale or whatnot. And, um, that just wasn't my style, but I'm forever grateful for it. Cause dude, it introduced me to personal development and it showed Got me that you. I could create a life by design, by design. Were you good at it? Dude, I, I was hungry, man. I mean, yeah. uh, it, this ain't, 
this isn't like, oh my God, you're balling, but I built up almost a $2,000 res- a month residual income within my nice. first six months just because wow. I, I was hungry. And you, you already know it's hard as hell to make any type of money in network no marketing. No doubt. And you yeah. did that in six months. That's impressive. I mean, you had, but you probably felt like you had no other choice. Yeah, it was back against the wall. We got to make this happen. Yeah. Do, do you feel like, like looking at it, you were in the system, you've been to jail, now you're out, you're doing well. Like, do you feel like it's sort of set up for you to just go back or like, cause I mean, it's hard when you kind of get out and you can't even get a job anywhere. Bro, do you mind if I kind of give a long winded yeah. answer right here? Do it. All right. Um, you just hit my, uh, my passion button, whatever the hell you want to call it. But, uh, yeah, man, exactly. So, People that go to prison, it's their fault. They put themselves there. Yeah. I take full responsibility for going there. Take full responsibility for getting myself out as well. But um, the system is completely broken. The judicial system is a is is a joke. Uh, the recidivism rates nationwide are sky high. It's a clear indicator that it doesn't work. And having gone through the system myself, the resources offered are complete utter bullshit. They don't help you one bit. They only make it harder for you to succeed. They have you jumping through all these hoops and going through these classes that don't even help you, taught by people that you can't even relate to, and it takes away time that you could be spending with your family or searching for some opportunity out there. On top of that, no matter what felony you get, once you get a felony, that's a X on your record for the rest of your life, even yeah. after you walk down your papers, and you're not going to get a job in corporate America in most places. And so it's extremely hard to make things happen. On top of that, um, the the stuff that they do give to you is um, outside of the classes is designed to keep you dependent on the system, food stamps, welfare, mm. assisted living. That's designed to keep you dependent, bro. It's yeah. not teaching you how to how to. It's not. It's giving you a fish. It's not teaching you how to fish. And so, what my vision, bro, and what we're doing um, with our company is we hire convicted felons. Not all, but the guys that were like myself that are coming out, that are done. They're 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 ready to change their life and move forward, and they're hungry for success and to be a uh, a productive member of society. Uh, we give them jobs at our agency, and they start learning online marketing. And then they have to read specific books that we outline, and so they start working on their character development. And they go through specific programs. And then for the guys that are cut out to be entrepreneurs, boom, they'll be able to jump out the nest and go do their own thing. But for the guys that aren't, because not everybody's cut out to be entrepreneurs, they can continue to work for us. We give them a pay raise. They get to work in a kick-ass environment. And they have something to look forward to. Um, so the goal, the ultimate goal, um, it's quote-unquote, I hate this word because everybody uses life purpose or whatever. It's like a, such a buzzword. But <laughs> my quote-unquote life purpose is a, a 9% recidivism rate nationwide in the U.S. It's a crazy, insane goal, but I don't give a shit, man. I'm sticking to it. I love it, man. Oh, I commend you for it, and I think there needs to be more people like you to help give people a second chance. I mean, that's what life's all about. People get second chances all the time, but it seems like the minute you go to jail, those second chances end for you. Yeah, man. No doubt. So, I mean, after prison, you start to get your life together. You get into the network marketing. When did you decide that entrepreneurship was going to be the path for you? When it's hard to pinpoint the the exact moment, but I can tell the turning point. So, like one of my, I used to be scared to share that I went to prison and used to be a drug addict. So I was like, man. 
I got fired from a, a a job right before I went back to prison because I kicked ass in it, and they found out I was a convicted felon. Oh, so I was fuck. like, I don't want to. Yeah, so I was like, I don't want to tell people this because yeah, entrepreneurship's my only route, and nobody will take me seriously. Well. <laughs> Long story short, my mentor in network marketing started getting me to share my story, and I quickly realized that it was like became one of my most powerful assets to my brand or whatnot. But yep. anyways, um, I wrote a book. It's still on Amazon. I pulled the physical copy up there, but you could still get like the the thing. I I, I pulled it because I glorified network marketing in there. But um, got you. Um, I wrote a book, man, and I was like, man, and I started seeing like Gary Vaynerchuk at the time, this is in 2016. I was like, man, I want to do stuff like this. However, I didn't know how the hell to even start or whatnot, but, um, that's what kind of led up to it. And I had completely lost my passion for network marketing. I was no longer happy. It felt like a job. Yeah. I hated doing what I was doing and, uh, finally just, just decided to break free. And when you broke free, was the first thing underdog empowerment, was it the show or was it the agency? It was neither. It was, okay. uh, it was uh, becoming a life coach and not making a single penny or helping a single person as a life coach because I didn't know <laughs> what the hell I was doing. <laughs> Man, what do you think when you see all these people out there selling these life coaching courses? Because, I mean, there are a ton, and I know people who are even trying to take these life coaching courses, and it's almost like the people who are taking these courses need life coaching more than anyone else. Do you find that? Oh man, it's a huge circle jerk, isn't it? Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> it's a, uh, you know what? I used to be one of those guys, though. So, so yeah. uh, I could I could talk shit on them with uh, from a humble standpoint because yeah. I it was me. But dude, here's the deal, man. Too many entrepreneurs now. There's some there's some legit quote. I hate the word life coach. It just sounds horrible. But um, <laughs> there's some legit there's some legit guys out there that built up some skills that can actually help you get a specific result. But most of them, and this was myself, they are trying to hurry up and get the reward and they're trying to skip all these steps that just can't be skipped, like actually developing real skills that'll help a per, uh, person get a specific result. And then their marketing and messaging sucks. It's all over the place. They say shit like, I help you reach deep inside to find the inner you to bring it to the surface. Like, dude, what the hell does that even mean? <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I'm saying? I'm with you. Yeah. But, it's um, great. Yeah, it 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 comes down, man, to dialing in, uh, dialing in some real skills that are valuable to the marketplace, helping people get a specific result for a specific person, and getting your messaging right. And that's what I like. I love that you said that because that's where I like when you say life coach. Okay, like the way I look at it is from a sports background, which I come from. I didn't have a sp like my sport was golf. You don't have a specific golf coach who teaches you everything like you need someone to work on your short game you need someone to work on your putting you need someone to work on your long game then there's your fitness there's your nutrition like it's all encompassing there's not one person that can specialize in all of that and if you look at all top performers no one is relying on one person to help them with everything that's a beautiful analogy right there Right, it like just sums it, up. It, it, it completely sums it up to these life coaches that are, are even other business marketers. I help you grow your business, like, dude. I don't. You, you just made me throw up vomit in my mouth. It, it's tough, right? And like, find something specific, and that's where exactly like you said, that's where these skill you need to develop these skills because they're out there. And for a lot of people who maybe you know are a life coach who, or who are thinking of becoming a life coach or listening to this podcast, like. 
it's not your only route. There's so many different skills and there's so many different, I'm sure you know this, Zach, because I mean, you teach this, like how many high income skills are out there that people, businesses, entrepreneurs will pay you big top dollars for, which are like the simplest of things that you think are simple, but a lot of people struggle with it. Dude, and it's, you just hit the, dude, before I kind of started, before I broke through and actually started making money as an entrepreneur online, I was so wrapped up in my business and it's like, it's like you can't see the, when you're inside the bottle, you can't see the label on the outside. Yep. Same thing with your business, bro. And I didn't realize that until I went and got invited to speak at an event. And the second day he had me come and say, Hey man, can you come up uh, uh, second day? I'm like, yeah, dude. And he's like, can you talk about podcasts? I'm like, yeah, sure. Get up there, start talking about it. And I'm thinking, you know, this stuff comes natural to me because I've been doing it for over a year at the time and everybody's eyes are lighting up. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, holy shit, we might be onto something here. Yeah. You kind of just fell into it, right? Exactly. And it's, it, 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 I, I, afterwards, I'm like, dude, you got to be the stupidest mofo I know. Because <laughs> it's like, I feel like anybody else would have discovered that a lot sooner than what it took me. Like, I literally had been doing it for over a year and then started putting out an offer and it just took off. It's amazing. The best piece of advice I think I've ever gotten on this show and I would love to hear your pin on this. Someone once said, Zachary, that the things that come the easiest to you demand the highest price. What do you think about that? Dude, that is, that's a, you, you throw that in a quote card and put it up Fuck on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so, so true, true though. Yeah. It is, man. It's the simplest things in life that really ring true and that are, uh, keep it simple, stupid. Dude, that, I live by that now. By now. It's 100%. And if you look at your path and you even look at my path, like you kind of take your past pain and like start there. Like so many people think that, you know, I'm going to ignore what happened to me or I'm going to ignore my past. I don't want people to talk. Like a lot of times, like you're looking for that idea. It's right there. It's in those darkest moments. Mm-hmm. Exactly, bro. The days that break you are the days that make you. I love it, man. So with Underdog Empowerment, I mean, first of all, everyone's got to check out this show. Uh, I was blessed to be on it, but you've had some amazing guests. You have some really awesome and real conversations, which I think are lacking in this space. People don't have enough real conversations. But I mean, for you, first of all, what to, how many episodes have you done? Um, We're at 170. Fuck. So you've been doing this for a while. What's the biggest, like since starting this, what was the biggest thing you've learned from hearing from all these top people that you've been able to speak to? Like, what's the one thing you're like, man, all these, all these people have the same thing in common, bro, believe it or not, like all the people that, um, that have already like achieved some ultra success. Like, uh, you know, there's a bunch of people that are, are well on their way that I've interviewed, but like the ones that have already, like, for instance, just, and I see this as a common theme, but um, just last week, uh, we interviewed uh, Mark Randolph, co-founder of Netflix. Wow. And then the very next episode, we interviewed uh, Alex Murr, um, you know, Ty Lopez's business partner with yeah, Mentorbox. Yeah, yeah. He was the, the founder of Zeus, just sold it for over too. 300 awesome. million. Yeah. Yeah. But so I asked, I asked this question, the same question I asked you at the very end. I'm not going to uh, spoil it here. But I asked that same question I asked everybody, and both of them said, bro, 
the best way to get ahead is to quit trying to fucking plan everything and just <laughs> do it. <laughs> he's like, if it, he said that's the best way to learn. He said, you, if too many people get stuck in analysis paralysis. Just go out and do it, and you'll have the gut feel, and you'll know if it's not meant for you, and you can always pivot back out. But you're trying to strategically plan everything. Just go out and do it and learn it. And that just resonated with me. And, and hearing that from you know people of their, you know, I mean Netflix is about to eclipse CBS and, and yeah. annual earnings. You know, so I was like, okay, I'll take that to heart. That's so true. And, we, and and I have been a part of that group, right? Like you you sit back and you try to plan everything out, like everything's gonna work. But I mean, life throws so much shit at you where it's like you can't plan for that. All you can focus on is like what's what's in front of your face. Yeah, dude, kind of like that. You just reminded me of that quote, that little Mike Tyson quote, like everybody's got to plan until they yeah. get, until they yeah, get no, hit yeah. in the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. true. So for you, like outside of, because I know you're not a big planner, but I know you have visions for the future. Like what are some things you do daily? Like what are some habits, whether they're like routines or just some things that you kind of are rituals to you that you feel help you, you know, stay motivated, stay ahead of the curb and ensure you you get things done throughout the day that you need to? No matter what, um, and, and I didn't, I, I stopped doing it for a while and suffered because of it, but I got, I've been on track with it uh, pretty much all the, this whole entire year. And I'm like, this is my thing that I live by. But no matter what, before I do anything business related or anything, I go get my morning workout in. Yeah. I do some reading. You know, I, I take that time for myself, but I get my, my morning workout in, re- reading, and I try to do some meditation and like a cold shower. Sometimes I don't always get the meditation and the cold shower in, but I try to have a morning routine dialed in no matter what, though. I'm getting my fitness and my reading in, and then I, I also work out later on that day, and I always set my goals for the next day uh, before I go to bed. Always have those things done. There's a bunch of other stuff that I do, but I try to keep it really simple and just yeah. focus on what's the one thing. One, what's the one or two things that I could do today that's really going to push the needle forward? Hundred, and I, I love that you focus on those things because those things are stuff that I miss sometimes that so many people miss. But you know, I'm going to take this back to sports again. You don't see guys like it's the <laughs> NFL season, the NBA starting today. Um, you don't see guys just jump up out of bed and then go and play, right? Like it takes priming. They work out. They eat healthy. You know, before they play before they step on their field and your field is your business before they do that they're primed and ready to go and i think that we all need to focus on doing that more dude it makes the world when you treat your yourself your body good and in and your prime in yourself and you're filling up your cup and you're feeling great about yourself you're looking good you're eating healthy all this stuff you perform better in every single area of life period hands down no questions asked you feel better because like you don't feel like a, like I always, I don't know if you've like, whenever I eat like shit or like I have too many beers, like you get in this depressed state because you're like, what did I do to myself? Like, that's what you feel like. You're like, what am I doing to myself? (laughs) Yeah, dude. Like, dude. And and you notice like, I I don't know if it just might be my own body, but like, dude, you eat healthy all week and then you had the cheat meal day. And then, um, the next day, uh, right afterwards and the next day you're feeling like shit because you, ate horrible and your body's not used to all that toxic stuff you just put in your body versus the rest of the week when you're eating healthy you're on point and you're feeling great and you got way more energy totally and then you said that's where the negative self-talk comes in right because all of a sudden you eat like shit and you're like oh what am i doing i feel like a loser i don't want to go to work out today i don't want to eat well again today i might as well just have that bag of chips again like it's just a cycle 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, if I don't keep my cheat meal, if I don't do it towards the end of the day, because that's where I eat the cheat meal, I'm not going to go eat a healthy meal afterwards the rest <laughs> of the day. So I, I better do it at the end of the day. No doubt. So for you, man, like this is a question, you know, I'm really interested in, but like, I mean, you spent some time in prison. I was wondering if, if there's any, you know, during your five years, if there's any like real lessons that you took from that time that you're like, wow, I, I learned this while I was incarcerated and, and I still kind of use this today or this mentality or way of thinking or respect. I was wondering if there's something that prison really taught you. Dude, there's, there definitely is. Um, this would take a little bit longer to answer, but would you like to hear something that was really powerful that I learned that I continue to use to this 100%. day? All right. So, um, this, I, I, I read this in 2017. Now mind you, I was in prison. I went, went away in 2008 and I had this lesson in 2010. And at the time I didn't know anything about self-help or personal development books or anything. Um, but, Fast forward to 2017, I read in Tony Robbins' book, and everybody tries to knock Tony Robbins and says, like, he, oh, he's just a guru. He's trying to get your money. Dude, the dude, the dude makes the, – the money he makes off of, like, the speaking and helping people is like a, a tiny little drop in the bucket compared to what he makes in all of his other businesses and real estate and investing. Like, he doesn't – the dude's a real deal, man. But anyways, yeah. um, in the book, Awaken the Giant Within – he talks about in there uh, the quality of questions that you ask yourself determine the quality of life uh, that you'll have. Mm. He says anytime you hear a question, your brain immediately searches for the answer. Like if I'm like, Callan, dude, what, what color are your shoes? You, me, and everybody listening right now is like thinking, well, what are the color of Callan's shoes? <laughs> <laughs> That's just how our brains work, right? So um, now let's go back in time in 20, 2010. I'm in prison. I'm 21 years old at the time. I'm in my rebellious stage. I'm in. I'm still in like my criminal mind stage or whatever. And uh, I'm in the hole, which is the prison inside of prison. You could literally walk three steps one way and three steps the next. That's it. You're in a tiny eight by ten cell, wow. concrete cell. It's dark, dirty, depressing, cold, lonely, all that stuff, right? And I'm in there for a tattoo violation, which is I got in trouble for getting tattoos. Okay. Well, anyways. Long story short, I get called back to the captain's office. I'm thinking I'm in trouble because somebody told on me they're trying to get me telling somebody else. Well, he ends up telling me that uh, my mother called over the weekend and informed him that she had to break into our bathroom at home with a screwdriver and found my sister dead on the floor with a needle in her arm from a heroin overdose. Yeah. And so that's like the last thing I'm expecting at that moment. I, you know, bust down in tears. They give me a 30-second phone call, legit 30 seconds. Me and my mom are bawling our eyes out, going back and forth for 30 seconds, telling each other how much we love each other, and then the phone hangs up. And then uh, they put me in a cell. I had to be put in a cell by myself because I didn't want to be in there with with a, with a cellmate. I just wanted some time alone. Yeah. For the next for the next three days, bro, all I could think about was all the mean and mean things I ever said and did to my sister. The goodbye I never get to tell her. The fact that my mom's mourning my sister sister's death at a funeral and I wasn't going to be able to be there all this stuff I'm go literally going crazy I'm trapped in the cell by myself it's like it was it was harsh I didn't get out of bed to eat I only got out of, out of the bed to use the restroom that's it and I sat in my bed and cried the whole time for three days straight on that third day though here's the lesson I woke up and I'm like I, I, I literally said I don't know what's the reason why I'm still living I, I don't know but there's got to be a reason because I'm still breathing what can I do in this moment to find happiness and peace? Mm. And uh, 
at that time, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I asked myself that question. And that question, long story short, led to me to figure out what I could do, even though I was trapped in an eight by 10 cell that I wasn't gonna get out of no matter how much I wanted to, it led me to search and focus on the things that I could do in that moment to find happiness and peace. And I developed a killer routine as far as like working out. You think OCD is crazy, it has nothing on what the, what I was doing as far as cleaning <laughs> my cell. And, uh, and I literally found peace and happiness at, from being down in this place for 60 days uh, in a really dark time all because I asked that question. And, and you know what, man, and I'm guilty of this, and, and, and a lot of times when it feels like the world's crumbling around you and there's no light in the tunnel, we'll ask ourselves the wrong questions. We'll say like, well, so why true. does this shit always gotta, yeah, why does this gotta happen to me? Well, you're that's the wrong question because you're focusing your brain on the wrong shit and you're looking for the wrong things instead of saying, well, what can I do right now to bring me one step closer to my goal? Or what's the very next thing that will help me achieve my goal or bring me one step closer? In my case, what I said is, what can I do right now to find happiness and peace? By asking that question and being focused on it, I found those answers. Wow, man. I think that's such a powerful lesson. And I think that people listening can fucking ask themselves that question. And I know sometimes I got to ask myself that question too, because I think so much of us focus on what we can't control, focus on the things that are completely out of our control. And we worry about those things and it creates anxiety and depression and mental health issues. But what can you control, man? I, I fucking really, uh, I really resonate with that. Thank you for sharing that. Hey, no doubt, man. Awesome, man. So, I mean, if people wanted to, to reach out, follow along on your journey, uh, check out your podcast, where's the best place everyone can go? Dude, uh, yeah, it's the podcast is pretty much almost on any platform you listen to podcasts to, but to make it really simple for you guys, you can go to underdogempowerment.com, and it's right there on the front page. Hope to hear you, see you guys over there, and uh, Colin, thanks for asking, man. I appreciate that. You got it, man. And uh, what we do here is it's completely up to you, Zachary, but would you be willing to give away uh, a 15-minute call to uh, to a listener? Yeah. I mean, that, that was put me on the spot, but yeah, absolutely. I would love to. <laughs> it's okay. I can cut it out if you said no. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, no, it's cool. I'll do it. I'm down. Awesome, man. So uh, everyone, if you're part of the Inner Circle group, you get a chance for this free 15-minute call with Zachary. Zach will set it up, man. I appreciate you really taking your time out of your schedule. Everyone, go and visit underdogempowerment.com. All his links to his social stuff, his podcast will all be in my show notes. So be sure to visit that page. And uh, Zach, I just want to thank you so much for, for sharing your story, being vulnerable, and spreading your wisdom and insight here with the Daily Grand audience today. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, man. This was awesome. You got it. Everyone, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure you subscribe to the podcast. Hit that like button. Share this out with a friend. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another epic interview. Until then, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Lower the lights down. Hand over my crown. Hand over my heart. I do this for my town. I do this for my crowd. So turn me up real loud. My time. My time.